0: Jokic behind his back. What it uh, tastes like, Jokic?
1: That's your sitter? Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans, I'm disappointed. That's all I care about. So the Warriors fans are coming here. The Celtics fans are coming here, The Lakers fans are coming Take that L on the way out. Jokic. Here comes the
2: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. We are with DenverStiffs.com coming to you guys directly following game four of the Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz series. A game that the Nuggets let well, I guess, best way to say it is let it get away from them because they couldn't stop anyone, particularly Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Gordon. How are you, sir, I guess, is the best way to start this. I'm sure it's not that great, but uh, all things considered, how's it going?
1: I mean, it could be better. You know, I've I've had better kicks in the teeth than, than that particular one.
2: Would you, let me ask you this right off the bat. Do you prefer losing like this or like the way they've lost the last two before this?
1: I'm not a big believer in moral victories, but, like, at least I had a reason to watch to the right. end of this game. At
2: least it was entertaining for, like, the majority. Yeah,
1: like, it's annoying, but also entertaining. You know, you got to watch Jamal go for 50, which is, you know, no small feat, even though apparently in the, in the bubble, 50 is the new 40. Right,
2: that's right, yeah. Especially when it comes to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, so ja- Jamal Murray, the very first Denver Nugget ever to score uh, 50 points in a playoff game. I can't, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's not too many guys who have scored 50 for the Nuggets. In ever. general, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right, I know, but
1: yeah, Jamal also he was also one of three guys to ever drop fifty in the playoffs with only five or fewer free throw attempts.
2: Yeah, which
1: is boy, we'll get into that. Donovan didn't do that tonight. Donovan got what eighteen? Yeah, he sure so. did.
2: He sure did. Um, in fact, let's let's just address that right now. I, I brought it up in my recap, and I, I know it's going to be a lot of people, and they're going to a, a point to the free throw disparity um as, as an sort of indictment upon the refereeing tonight. And I will say this um you, there was there was certainly style that went into that, that disparity as well. It's not all um uh just poor one referee. team
1: drove the rim and one team didn't right, one
2: team took jump shots right I mean the Nuggets yeah. pretty much took jump shots throughout the game and, and then
1: now there were free throws that they should have gotten called for sure. The, like, the Denver should have had about twenty. Yeah. You know, and if they'd had twenty they'd have won the game. Right.
2: I mean, honestly, if they get two more, they might win this game. It's that the the yep no call on Rudy Gobert there in the last what the no call on seconds. Rudy
1: Gobert and the no call on Jamal on the three point line. were that's five free throws that Denver was owed in the final quarter that they didn't get, and that really sucked. one
2: area of contention. It, I, I do think it would have only been four. It did look like his foot was on the line.
1: That's probably true. Uh, three, yeah, but yeah, but uh, no, yeah, he was when, attempting I mean, a three and the then got fouled and, and took a two. Yeah, so.
2: But yeah, I mean it was um the the Gobert one though obviously with with under a minute to go Nuggets down by Because well, it's also
1: it's also a, uh, it, it created a transition opportunity.
2: Yep, it sure did. Yeah, and then like, the, um
1: it wasn't just the foul. It was the fact that it was a foul, no call, no stop ball, like
2: and I'm sure Donovan Mitchell fi- finished it on the other end. Uh, right. Cuz I think he finished every every Cuz he finished every last play. Three minutes for him on the other
1: end. Yeah. Um but yeah, that- I mean, you know, props to Donovan. He's been outstanding. No, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the Nuggets are defending him with like you know a scarecrow, you know, and like uh, a fake Halloween mask. But you know, good job. Right?
2: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: Donovan Mitchell is is a very, very good player. He's a very, very good scorer.
1: I yep, mean, no doubt, no
2: doubt about it. He's not a forty-five he's not this good. average forty-five or whatever he's up to now,
1: averaging a night. Uh, Scorer though, and and he is he is terrific. He is streaky, and the Nuggets are making him look like you know an unstoppable force of nature. Which is maybe in the playoffs he is. I guess we'll find out in the next round when he has to you know play somebody who um, is going to actually stay in front of him for more than you know half a second. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, if you were to ask um, Thunder fans, they'd probably tell you you know this is this is very reminiscent of Donovan's rookie year. And um Very true. Yeah, the way that he kind of handled them in that first yep. round uh, back. And, then. and again,
1: as I said before, when in the in the in the bubble, some people react better to there not being crowds to be embarrassed in front of or whatever you know there's no extra nonsense. It's just playing a gym against your you know your opponent, and it's there's a reason that a lot of people are putting up a lot of points right. You know, it's uh, that's not taking anything away from Donovan. He's taking advantage of the fact that this is probably the easiest playoffs to score in in a long, long time, and he's doing it. Right, and he's he said, "Look, I'll just take thirty shots and go make a you know go make every one of them." Good for him.
2: And he's playing against the team who I mean, let's, let's call it for what it is has been abysmal um, on defense. In has almost, never even heard yeah, of defense. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they were. I mean, gave up thirty points in every quarter tonight. Yep. Yeah, and they don't – and when they – and I think the thing that's most damning about it is when they needed to stop, when they flat out just needed to get one stop, just one stop. I mean yep. they couldn't do it and you knew what was happening. You knew, OK, they're going to run pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell. It's yep. – and like it doesn't matter if we put Jeremy Grant on him. It doesn't matter if we put Torrey doesn't Craig matter. on him. It doesn't matter if we put Paul Millsap on him. Every single one, like he's just like, yeah, whatever, we're going to score. And it, it drives me nuts because I was making this observation – Um, Tonight was that Mitchell does not have a strong left hand like he's he can dribble with his left hand and he can do a little bit there, but he there's a noticeable lack of speed and explosion to the basket anytime he's forced. Yes, he's
1: not driving you to the left. He can go left, but he's not driving you to the left. Right, exactly. And it's like you would think that you would have seen this
2: come up in film by now, and you would have been like, all you'd right. play his right hand, and you'd make him go yeah, left. Yeah, like like we're going to force him, because I will take, if Donovan Mitchell is going to end up taking jumpers off of his yep. left
1: hand. Yeah, if he's if, taking 14-foot jumpers or 16-foot jumpers off his left, I'm cool. Yeah, That's fine. We'll take that
2: every single time over If
1: he makes the them rack. like C.J. McCollum or, you know, DeMar DeRozan, and you just live with that, then you live with that. Right. But at least he's not going to the rack, getting the two-foot layup and the foul, right. which is what happened like a dozen times tonight. Right.
2: Yeah, and it was, and so many times too. It was like they were just like it's. It, it's like they. The, it was like the Nuggets. I kept noticing. They, I mean, they they do obviously know this. They're very very conscious of this because when you watch anybody defend uh, Donovan Mitchell from the Nuggets, they are shading to his right side when they've got him straight up at the perimeter. But the problem is, is like they they fall for this stupid like crossover fake, or they they yep. don't. They they can't get around the screen, and then God, and it killed them late when. Um, So I think as Grant was defending him and, and Gobert comes out and, you know, I mean, as Gobert does, puts a semi-legal screen on him, on him, um, doesn't get called. And of course, Mitchell gets free and Jokic just drops and he drops so hard so far yes. that like, yep. like, yeah, I'm OK with giving Donovan Mitchell jumpers, but you can't give him a wide open jump shot at the free throw. Well, line.
1: you're giving him eight feet. Yeah,
2: like yeah. that's not that's not any better. And it's just like, man, they don't they don't seem to have any way to actually force him to go left or to keep with him in a pick and roll or to, they, they, they refuse to basically do the switch um, at this point, because I mean, a lot of times and it was interesting that they refused to do it again uh, tonight, but you know, up until this point, we've seen a lot more of Michael Porter jr. Out there um, with the starting unit. And so, you know the, the the Nuggets really were trying to avoid the switch because every time down Utah was putting Porter into that action and trying to get the switch um, to get him straight up one on one. This time though, that we you thought you would have seen that less, and they did. Once again, they went a lot back to to just running the drop and not and not giving up the switch. But like right. it's still, it still is just like it's just poor execution. Like there's just not like like. Like with that play, I mean, Jokic, I was fine with the drop, but he dropped way too deep um, and, until the point where it was like, well, yeah, I mean, you've already, the guy already got to the free throw line. So like, yeah, he's not going to challenge you at the rim because he's like, well, this is just as good of a layup for me. I mean, it's Donovan Mitchell at the free throw line. That guy's going to knock that yeah, down.
1: That's, that's his shot. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's like that Jamal Murray, like, you know, 10 foot step back. Right. Like that's. I get it. You know, I, the, my issue, my issue is, is that Denver overreacts all the time. That their defense, they overcommit, they they lean, they, you know, it's it's always too much. If a guy goes one way, they jump three feet that way, and the guy's are like, well, cool, I'm going back the other way I was going. And Denver's like, oh, I didn't plan for that. I thought you were going the first way. Right. And maybe that's because they have slow feet, and they just they know if they if they get caught one step behind, they got caught one step behind this whole series. They've been one step behind, and the second that, you know, um, Donovan Mitchell gets any sort of daylight it's over you're never coming back and that was the problem with Grant it's a problem i mean Millsap's like Millsap's like 3 steps behind but right
2: he did have one block at the end that was like
1: oh wow he actually oh yeah he then he, out. he stared yeah, down and the that, guy is, that, up 50 on the nuggets can
2: I, can I just say for a minute like okay great Millsap you got a block on, tough on the initial yeah. and so you wanted to stare him down dude he's burned you guys like 20 possessions yeah. in a row like maybe you just, just go back may, and may, maybe just out. take that one
1: right. and you can feel good in yourself yeah. for the fact that you briefly one time stopped him and then what and then what
2: happened the next down. You got a three buried right in your face by the same guy. Yep, like,
1: exactly. Ugh. No, it, there was this, there used to be this commercial for uh, the NFL uh, where they uh, you see Barry Sanders running down the field and he's dodging one guy and he's dodging another guy and it says we would like to congratulate you know as he's dodging all these people and it says you know whoever the schmo is that stops him for for tackling you know Barry Sanders. Right. On like the after he he made like eight guys miss and one guy finally gets him down after like a thirty yard gain, we went to congratulate that guy. That was Donovan, or that was you know Paul Millsap on Donovan Mitchell. Right. Hey, I finally got him. Well, yeah, after he got exactly what he wanted all game, you you managed to do a stop. Right. Good for you. Yeah, it. Uh,
2: that that moment, I was. I don't know. It,
1: was that that's when that's when I it really. The Nuggets have been self satisfied with what they're doing a lot of the year mm-hmm. and it slowly has ground to a halt. I mean it was doing that before the break. Yeah. You know, um, before the stop and the and the restart. Yeah, well, we saw it every you know, time. March was played, not going their way.
2: Every time they played a team that they thought they could just walk in and beat, you know,
1: yep. and then they didn't losing. Nope. They would Exactly. They'd roll in and they'd be like, Everything's cool. I've got whoop nope got punched in the face. You know, happened all year and I don't know if they took the jazz lightly. Oh, I, think I mean, we did. Win. We predicted a win in five or six for the Nuggets because we were like, well, the, you know, the Nuggets have got this. Like, there's no way that the Utah Jazz, you know, the way that they were going to beat us was going to be shoot a million threes. Right. We said that, you know, if they never miss a three and Jordan Clarkson, you know, turns into whatever and Donovan Mitchell turns into, you know, AI, then, yeah, you know, the Jazz could win. But good luck with that. Haha <laughs> <laughs> little did we know
2: Mitchell did turn into AI
1: <laughs> Mitchell did turn into AI And, Jordan and uh too. the the you know the Jazz have hit like what 45% from 3 for the series
2: yep. yep, and they've um I mean and it's been more than that too I mean you know game 3 they the Nuggets just flat out let Rudy Gobert do whatever he wanted yeah. Um, Joe Ingles really killed them early in game two. Like, there's been they've they've let other. I mean, remember we were talking last week about George's and Yang. We're like, oh, I don't know, yep. they are gonna have to get something big out of Yang. Well, guess what?
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and it's the the thing that struggle that I struggle with is that the the Nuggets came out tonight. They they played you know a, a decent game. Um, it didn't all go their way, but they they played a decent game. If this was game, you know two, I'd be like, okay, right. you know, I get it. You know, the, the, the Jazz made their their shift and, and the Nuggets just couldn't quite stop them like they couldn't quite stop us in game one. So it's going to be a really even series. But this comes after two blowouts. Right. This comes after. You've had plenty of film to see exactly how they're demolishing you and you realize there's no person you can put on the court to stop it. And your solution is, hey, Jamal, go for 50 because if you don't, we're going to, like, lose by 20 points. You know, I, Michael Porter Jr. had what, like, eight shots in the game? Yeah, something like that. I mean— it, you know, And he got three of them, like, on his own when he shrugged off some other people and just decided to take a bunch yeah, of shots. i just going to
2: free-shoot it, which is— Yeah, there's 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 a disconnect right now, and, and, and in some ways I and get it fine. like— And it's
1: fine. I understand it. They don't have time to incorporate him, you know, but if you didn't have time to incorporate him, why were you playing him 40 minutes with the starters the entire restart? yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's like, I mean, well, it, the, the problem is, is it, I mean, a lot of it is, is that you, anytime he gets out on the court, Utah's immediately going to try and get Mitchell matched up
1: on him. And, and he can't, sure. I mean, he can't stop Donovan Mitchell. He just can't. No, well, and then he shouldn't be able to. He's 6'10 in a rookie. Right. You know, playing a guy who's 6'1, you know, lightning quick. And uh, this, he's growing into his prime. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I wouldn't expect him to stop him. My thing is, then, what is your alternate plan? If you have a weapon, and he's still a weapon, it's not yeah. like they suddenly solved Michael Porter Jr. on offense. Right. So, when there's a bench out there, where's MPJ and why is he not shooting? Right. Right. Like, it's, it's these things where I'm like, if you have a weapon and you have to shelve it from the, the starting rotation because you can't trust him on defense, okay, I, I understand that. He's a rookie, you're asking too much of him, and he messes up the, the pick and roll, which is the only thing that Devin knows how to do. You know, I get it. I totally get it. So, how after you watched him play for, you know, eight games and be an outstanding offensive star in the making, you then decide I'm not going to use you. I'm just going to have you out there as a decoy on certain actions because I can't trust you on defense. Right.
2: Yeah. Like I'm not even gonna. And that that's been the 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 thing that I've noticed a lot about him um, throughout this series is basically been like, you know, I mean, I can't remember. It might have been game two or or maybe well, game two he played pretty well, so maybe it was game three. Um, but I mean, he he opened the game and through through his first shift, his first six minutes out on the court, like literally yep. did not touch the ball once on offense. Did touch the ball, and it's like, yep. Well, th- like we know, nobody's mistaking him for being a plus on defense. So like, if you're not
1: gonna find a way to get the ball in his hands on offense, then like, why are you playing him? Like, they, right, exactly. That's just his only his only job right now is to put in buckets. That's his job. Yeah. You know, and and
2: instead I got him to put in a lot of buckets because you know he's going to give up buckets on the other end. So if you're going to make him a net positive, like you got to feed the guy.
1: Yeah, your yeah, your only choice is to give him the ball. And so he played 23 minutes, took eight shots, you know, grabbed four boards. He was actually a plus in the game. Like when he was in the game, they did okay. Yeah, one of few guys. So you know, yeah. Well, unlike you know Tori Craig, who was a negative ten.
2: Yeah, it was terrible night. today. Tough night. Torrey Craig's having a tough series. I mean, in general. It's,
1: well, and again, it's not necessarily Tory's fault. He's a small forward defender being asked to defend. Like they're they're like, well, would we'll go go play, you know, Donovan Mitchell. Well, he's fouling him all the time. Right. Okay. Well, Tory Craig is you know six inches taller and much slower. So yeah, that's not the ideal matchup for him. Right. The ideal matchup for him is Gary Harris, who you'll probably never have again. So you're going to have to figure something out.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Harris. Harris of course was uh upgraded to doubtful um for this game, which obviously is is an indication that he's a, maybe it's just a bone being trying to be thrown to the I I just thing.
1: I just think that's I, honestly for that sort of thing, that looks to me like deception. Maybe you guys will have to plan for us to have Gary Harris. Yeah. Yeah, he weren't yeah, I don't I don't see it. Now maybe I'm wrong and he shows up next game and he's out there playing, you know, Doing whatever, but I don't I don't think he's going from doubtful to on a court in this in series. Days, I don't yeah. think it's gonna happen. It's gonna be tough. Doubtful just means maybe next series if we make it that far. And at this point it's not that it would take a miracle. Denver's gonna have to win some of these close games. They you know, they this was a 50-50 game, kind of like the first game. In the first game, you know, the Nuggets pulled it out. In this game, they didn't. They're going to have to win all the 50-50 games going forward, and they're all going to have to be 50-50 games. Right, yeah. Because Denver doesn't have any defense. Yeah,
2: because they. Again, it's, it's hard to see Denver blowing. I mean, unless Donovan Mitchell just has a completely off night. Like. If
1: yeah, Donovan Mitchell goes like, you know, 10 for 30, then yeah, Denver's got a shot. Yeah,
2: then then yeah, maybe they could get a they get a, a coast to a win, but otherwise they're going to have to fight um, tooth and nail for every single thing. The... Um, I was just trying to think of what you were saying there before, and then I lost my train of thought. But um...
1: well, I'm just saying, like for the, for all of this, the the Nuggets, the Nuggets for all of these these errors, they've had the two blowouts and the two close games. They have no way to create distance between them and Utah because they just don't have the guys. They don't have a Shop um, and all of their big men are slow. Yeah. Like you have Grant, who's not slow, but
2: he's. But you're putting him out on the perimeter to guard Mitchell. I mean,
1: like that's. Yeah, you're making him guard guys who again are much smaller and quicker than him. And, and so he's got some length. I mean, but that's all he's got. Yeah, and I mean, I thought I thought he. I mean, <clears> it's,
2: it's funny in saying it because you know Mitchell ends up scoring fifty-one, but like I actually felt like Grant was like, well, he probably did better than anybody else has done so far, um, on trying to slow him. Well,
1: I mean, Mitchell so Mitchell got most of that from the line, as opposed yeah. to some other games where he did not do that.
2: Yeah. So it's it's. I don't necessarily disagree with that strategy, and I and I, I I I thought that Malone had you know it was they started off okay. Right, I mean, right.
1: but I mean, Utah was missing open shots, but they started off okay, right?
2: And I but I feel like Malone, like you know, I was I was okay with the adjustment he made bringing in Grant and Morris into the starting lineup.
1: Um, sure, but then Morris got scored seven points in thirty six minutes. Yeah. Like that's not going to cut it. Yeah, seven points and uh, three assists, so it's not exactly what you want. Well, and I understand, you know, I mean, Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic soaked up a bunch of shots. They took 55 of Denver's 100 shots today.
2: Right, right for sure.
1: So I get that there's not a lot of shots going around.
2: For sure, but I mean, Morris it, 0 for 4 from 3, that's...
1: Yeah, that that's the killer, is that, is shooting those three-point shots and missing them. If he hits them, you're great. If not, you know, those are the misses you couldn't afford. Yep,
2: yep. Um, Along with Jokic. And
1: And you've got... So it's just a very frustrating series, knowing that Denver's playing eight guys... And that, like, four of those guys are not going to score,
2: right? Yeah, you
1: know that's
2: that's really tough. And then one of the guys who will score is you're, you're, you're bringing him in and out because you're afraid of him on defense, and he doesn't really integrate. Right? With your yeah, other yeah. Two scorers and you, and you can't lineup, put Porter so. out
1: there to be a reliable scorer. So you wind up with two guys. It's pretty much what happened last series, like last season, yep. is that it was the Jokic and Murray show because nobody else could be relied on. Yep. Uh, but this is not the Denver offense that Denver has to have in, in the playoffs or the regular season. You can't have the, I've got two dudes, and everything is going to go through them, and best of luck to anyone else getting up shots or, you know, minutes. I'm glad they fed Murray tonight. He was calling his own shot, and he should have. Yeah. He was hot. You know, he he put up 50 points. The Nuggets needed every one of those points and a couple more. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, Jokic was chucking threes, which I really didn't like, but that's what Utah was giving him. They were doubling him in the paint, and they were waving him over to the three-point one. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, and so, and, scared,
2: I mean, he had, but he had a strong game. Like it was, well, it's
1: he did, but he went three for ten from three. Right. Like that's that's an issue. It is, but it like isn't. if you're going to take ten shots me, from three, is,
2: he hits one more three, and then you're, 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 you're great with it, right? It, yeah. it comes down to that just yeah. one shot. Like it'd be different if yep. he was one of ten. Then I'd be like, all right, this really sucks. But was right, like, and he
1: he picked it up in the second half. Yep. He was he was a, and he hit a big
2: one. He hit a big one late.
1: Yep, for sure, absolutely. But, yeah, he yeah early on, Ray, he was firing, I, you know, and, and I appreciate he was that. Shooting, he, was, he was shooting everything that was open. I, I, somebody told him when you're open, shoot. Yeah, he was trying he to was like cool. clearly. Yep. Yeah. Which was fine. Absolutely. Um, And that's what you want from you, Joker, but it's just. The problem is if he's standing at the 3.1, he can't grab rebounds. Yep. So that, like, and Grant can't grab rebounds, and he's in the, he's in the starting lineup with him. Yep.
2: And Millsap is, you know.
1: Millsaps isn't is, a, is an iffy rebounder. He did okay, but that's mostly because he was like trailing Utah's guards, and when they missed, he would pick the ball right, up. Right, right for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I Denver won the rebounding battle forty to thirty seven, but that's that's not what they needed to win it by.
2: No, yeah, they they needed to be far. Uh, they really need to dominate the glass if they're going to um, if they're going to win. Yeah, and, and but, the but is, is wedding, they dominate. They did dominate the offensive glass. Like they they absolutely correct. were crushing Utah on yes. their own on their own uh, end. But, I don't know, even though I feel like they got a ton of offensive rebounds, it doesn't feel like they converted, I guess I'd have to look it up, but it doesn't feel like they converted a ton of second chance points, you know what I mean? Well, the
1: problem is if you look at, yeah, if you look at the Nuggets, the Nuggets line, the Nuggets line looks fine, and it should, they lost by two. Like, the Nuggets played a good offensive game, they were not slowed down by Utah, they weren't really scared of Rudy Gobert. right. Yeah, he was a pretty um, like,
2: non-factor in, in this one.
1: Yeah, Rudy didn't do much today. I mean, he had a normal Rudy line. He wasn't out there whooping people. Right, it wasn't like game He was really. like 17 and 11 or something. Right. You know, um, and no blocks from Rudy. Yeah, no blocks from anyone on the Jazz, I think. Uh, that, you might be right. Yeah, those... I just remember that he didn't have any. Um, And so the Nuggets were not scared of him, and that's how they need to play, obviously. Um, But the... <sighs> It's just very frustrating. The Nuggets are going to have to go out there, basically repeat this performance, and get a couple stops. But the question is, where do you get the stops from? Like, who's getting stops? And yep. you can't rely on Jamal Murray to get another 50 uh, Another fifty thing. I mean, maybe you can. It's not like Donovan Mitchell hasn't done it.
2: Yeah, it's true. But, but even then... But like... it's, it's not
1: ideal. That's not ideal. And so you need a third scorer, because technically, you know, Murray took 31 shots, and you want him taking like 18 and someone else taking 13. Right. Uh, I don't know who that's going to be. If you're not going to play Michael Porter Jr., I, I guess Jeremy Grant could get hot.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be a good But if you're going like to play that, him in the starting either,
1: lineup, there's not going to be any shots for him.
2: Either Jeremy Grant's going to have to get hot, or Monty Morris is going to have to get hot, or something like that. Like That's that's the only way that they're yeah. going to be able to do it. All right, so we'll tell you what. Let's so go Once ahead, again, let's, they move. Let's hit a break. Take, yeah. Um. And then I mean, we're just gonna keep rolling. I think like
1: like we're just we're just you know stream of consciousness on this. Yeah, that's we're not. Happening. We're not. There's no. There's this no is not a plan. This
2: one. So stick with us. We will be right back.
0: We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all, and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888, Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them.
2: Welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. Zach, Migosh, gosh, Gordon Gross. We are breaking down the Nuggets Game 4 loss to the Utah Jazz. We spent the first half, oh, talking. We, we touched a little bit on everything. Um, one thing I don't know that we've necessarily touched on is, is as much as, is, you know, what we think of Coach and where where he's been at in, in this series. Because I've been, I, I mean, as, as one of the, the staunchest Michael Malone supporters, Uh, for a long time, there were, there were some times I was alone on Malone Island a few years back, but, um,
1: like I've been very disappointed,
2: like to be honest, like I, I feel like he, he did very little to prepare this team for this, this playoff run, um, with the seeding games. I think, I think Quinn Snyder has basically out coached him every single game. And here we are once again now in the fourth straight game. And like he cannot come up with anything, uh, to, to get, uh, a stop on Donovan Mitchell. And then on top of that, like when your team goes 25 minutes in the game, 25 game minutes without a single free throw attempt, like why are you not in getting a technical foul called on you?
1: I couldn't believe, yeah. And, and I, he's like, well, it's too close a to game to get a tech. You know, after, I don't know if he said that, but I know after the game he said he didn't want to get a, a fine, so he wasn't going to comment on the refing. No, you comment on the reffing. right? You call that out. You point to that line and you say they they got 30 free throws, we got 11, we lost by you know two freaking points. What the hell? And even if again, I I don't think that the Nuggets should have gotten 30 free throws, but if they'd gotten 20, they win this game handily. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and and it's just to me like I like like we also talked about like you know the, there was a style um style of play element to that certainly, but like. Yep. No team goes, I'm sorry, no team in the NBA, no team in the NBA goes 25 minutes in a game without getting fouled on a shot once. Like that yep. does not happen.
1: So it's well. And the Nuggets, the Nuggets getting shooting fouls has been a, a problem for them anyway. Right. Um especially for their stars, like neither Murray nor Jokic get a lot of free throws. Right. Um it's just not part of their game. Uh I think that uh Jamal Murray is going to have to figure out how to make it part of his game. He's one of the best free throw shooters, you know, or with the best stroke anyway, in the league. Uh you're gonna want to get yourself to the line. Yeah, for sure. Like it's free points. And and he's in four years, he's not done that. You know, Jamal Jamal's game is is not based on getting free throws. He avoids contact and tries to make the shot. Uh he's gonna have to learn to go up through contact. Yeah. Uh yeah, just yeah. just for the next step in his development. Now, Jokic has the same problem. Um, Jokic gets called for not like he gets non shooting fouls called on him. You know, but when you look at the number of free throws, uh, Jamal takes three free throws, free throw attempts a game. Three.
2: Yeah, which is not enough for your primary ball handler and one of your primary top two primary scorers um, on your team. Like, that's that's a guy who should be in the, you know, I mean, at least up in the five, if not five to eight a game. Right,
1: yeah. Donovan Mitchell's, you know, for his career is at four and a half. Right. Um, uh, but that's an extra free throw and a half a game. You know, that's one and a half. That's one plus points a game that you get just off of that. Um, you don't always get those calls as a as a guard that's not an all star. So I understand that Jokic being an all NBA player that can't buy a free throw is concerning to me. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, because as a big man, he should be getting them. You know, and he shoots four a game. The number of seven foot guys. That take that many shots, that get that many uh, that few free throws, that's not a large list.
2: No, it's probably a, it's probably a list of one to be honest, because and, and again, I mean, some of this is is the way Jokic plays, but still, like
1: it is, and it's because he has good touch and he makes the right, shot anyway. Right,
2: but the guy looks like he's been in in a fight with line a mountain lion after every freaking game, so it's like
1: yeah, you know he's. Yeah, it's t- it's tough to figure out. And th- but the the Nuggets the Nuggets can't d- do anything about that right now. Like I wish that Mooney had said something. Yeah. But they can't, you know, they can't change their approach to getting free throws. They can't go to, like, Flop City and, and, you know, figure out how to train with James Harden, take the the class that they took uh, from Hakeem, you know, back in the day for how to do the, the, you know, the dream step. (laughs)
2: Uh, <laughs> it mean, yeah, this sidebar oh man freaking Kenneth Reed trying to pull off the Kenneth dreams Kenneth Reed <laughs>
1: spending a hundred grand yeah the Nuggets paid a hundred grand to send him to Hakeem Camp so he can learn how to do big man moves yeah, to watch I, I don't know if anyone's ever burnt like a hundred grand in a fire but that was pretty much what that was <laughs> yeah, Just, him and JaVale McGee uh, yep. so
2: we could watch them fucking do turnaround fadeaways in the post Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that was money well spent. Let's just go there. But when you wind up with the Nuggets, the Nuggets are going to have this problem in the rest of the series. However many games it goes, one, two, three, most likely one. Like, it, your problem is, how do I score enough to keep up with Utah? Because I can't stop them. Yeah. And, and you know, if the Nuggets had Gary Harris, it would be different. But they don't have Gary Harris. And they're—it's—that's just a fact that yes, it would be great to have a guard defender, but your guard defender is oft injured, yeah, and has been his whole career.
2: Yeah, and the thing is—is is, is even if you let's say you did get Gary back for for Game Five, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent, he's not
1: hundred percent. Yeah, how, how, how much much can slow he down really be?
2: You know, like yeah. it's, it doesn't seem so. You,
1: like you can't—you cannot rely on that, and obviously, you can't stop a pick and roll. Nope. You know, and, and you can't stop three point shooting. Nope. So what are you going to do? Stopping doesn't include it. You're going to have to win, you know, 135 to 130. And if you sell out for that, I don't know how you sell out for it without getting a bunch of shots for guys you don't feel comfortable shooting. Monte Morris, Jeremy Grant, you know, MPJ. You're going to need those guys to take the shots that you would not normally want them to take in a major game. Because you can't put 50, 60 shots on Jokic and Murray and expect them to deliver efficiently like they did today. That's unlikely. Yeah,
2: you're, you're probably not getting 18 for 31 um, from Murray. From I mean, Jamal. It's just... Right. If you,
1: if you have him shooting 30 shots in a game, the likelihood that he's going to make 18 of them is not high. Right. Um and that's nothing against Murray that's just it's no, not like the law of averages yeah <laughs> yeah well it's the fact that there's a shop blocker in the paint so you can't just drive for easy layups like the uh, Jazz are doing to the Nuggets because they won't play ball ball they won't try a zone you know what I mean like they're not the Nuggets are not going to go out of the comfort zone they have guys that they're comfortable with and they have guys they're not comfortable with they're not comfortable with Michael Porter Jr. Yeah so he's you know they targeted him and he's out meanwhile you know, Millsap takes an idiotic, you know, charge, uh, four-point play.
2: That was a you know killer, but too, man. Talk just about back-breaking a, yeah, penalty. Talk, talk, talk about such a huge, and they almost overcame it, anyways. Because I think Jamal comes back and like they hits did. A three but if right he doesn't that.
1: take that foul, if he just leaves the layup, the Nuggets win the game. Yeah, yeah, or
2: yeah. I mean, it's just a.
1: I mean, I mean you know, maybe I'm sure that it, it all doesn't go that way. I'm just saying the Nuggets lost by two points, and those two points are the two extra points that Millsap gave up. Yep,
2: yep. That was a that was a dumb. Uh, A dumb move from from your veteran and...
1: From a vet. From my vet, from my defensive captain. You know, these are the things that that drive me crazy is that it's not just MPJ that does stupid stuff. Right. Right. You know, it's in the moment the Nuggets are not aware of what they should be doing. And I don't know how that falls on anyone else other than Malone. You know, yes, they don't have the proper personnel, but they could still do the moves and restrict access. (laughs) Like, maybe you can't stop Donovan Mitchell from shooting, but you can stop him from getting to one foot from the rack.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or you've got to find, I
1: mean, in
2: one way or another. On you,
1: one basic dribble.
2: You you have to find an adjustment here that you can make that's going to do something. Like, yeah. That's, force him left. Yeah. Or like, you, your adjustment can't be, I mean, what we saw in game two, right? Like, they, they tried to force the ball out of his hands. And just right. blitz him, which worked for like a quarter, and then he still ended up scoring thirty anyways. But during that quarter that it was working, like they they just you just basically tuned up the machine by giving them a bunch of easy shots to everybody else, and then everybody in the freaking Jazz just goes through the night knocking down every single shot because they're all they're all hot now, and they're it's, all in rhythm. Yeah, and yep. it's just it was just a it's 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 disappointing, and, and and I do you know I, I hear what you're saying too. Like I mean, there is. There is only so much the Nuggets can do with the personnel they have, but like they've they've got to, and and maybe they don't. Maybe I mean they whether they will or won't, we'll find out. But right, if they can't come up with any adjustment to even slow these guys down, the the tiniest amount, then to me that's 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 on the coach. I and mean, we talk a lot about um, you know, one of the big reasons I've always been a big supporter of a coach is that that hey the Nuggets continuously have got better every year, every single year. They've, they've made improvements. This year, it feels like they've regressed, though. Like, it feels like they, they got, um, into the playoffs and they, they weren't taking the playoffs seriously. They took things for granted and they weren't prepared. And now they're getting their butts kicked and they don't know how to adjust. And it's, to me, it's somewhat highlighting that, you know, is, is Michael Malone a really good regular season coach who, um, gets, maximizes the effort out of his team and, and gets them, um, into these high, you know, two three seeds, but then when he hits the playoffs, I mean, is he is he capable of being that guy who can take them to the next step once they're in the playoffs? I don't I don't know if well, it's that's funny. true.
1: This is like the the complaint about um you know Mike D'Antoni is that he's a gimmick coach and he cannot make adjustments in the playoffs and his teams get run out right early, like that they should do better than they do. Right. I wouldn't call Malone a schematic genius. That's not, you know, Malone is, Malone doesn't have a system that he's running that, you know, defines who he is. You know, his words on defense are, you know, play hard, make them feel us. Like his, his defensive descriptors are not, um, he's not Tom Thibodeau.
2: No, he's, he's not Tom Uh, Thibodeau.
1: Right. And, and (laughs) right. Yeah. For the health of all Nuggets, although it doesn't seem to have helped, you know, Barton or Harris or whoever, but still, they would all be in body bags if it was Thibodeau. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, Harris would be out there right now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Harris would have a leg amputated at halftime and come out and play. It would be bad. Uh, But the the Nuggets are not schematically the strongest team in the league, and they are not on either side of the ball. Yeah. You know, and their offense has gotten more simplistic as the years go by. Yeah. Which I think is problematic. Yeah, I mean, now
2: it's boiled down to it's it's boiled down to just Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, two game, two making. That's it. I mean, that's basically all that's they, all they do. run. Yep. And if you know they if, don't if, run any, if that, if that, any that options, results yep. into a drive and that drive gets bottled up, then yeah, you might kick to uh, Jeremy Grant or Paul Millsap or whoever that four is in the corner.
1: Is that, yeah, but those are just principles. It's principles right. of yep. if if they come down and double you, Nikola, you pass to the open man. Right. Like that's not schematic. That's just this is what we play by.
2: Yeah, I agree totally. It's um,
1: and that's fine. I don't. Uh, if you have a an offensive genius on the court, you know, which in theory Nikola Jokic is, right. then you let him do what he does. The problem is, it doesn't feel like they do that. They call a lot of plays. The thing that drives me crazy about the Nuggets is that you can hear Malone call a bunch of plays with Murray as the ball handler instead of having Jokic as the ball handler. So you you wind up with a capped offense because you aren't being creative on the court. And you aren't scheming anything particularly tough to decipher or figure out. You know, it works because Nikola Jokic as the role man is always eight feet from the basket and just throws up weird ass shots that fall in because he has the soft stands in the league. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But that's not a scheme like that's that's not a, he can always do that. You could get that anytime you want. What else are you doing? And the Nuggets are doing nothing else. You know they have no other actions to go ahead and you know screen three-point shooters open. They're not running a, a five-out offense because they don't have the guys. You know, but it, it, I guess what has always frustrated me about the Nuggets is that schematically they have never they have never had a uh, defensive schematic genius. They've never had an they've never kept an offensive schematic genius. They just play hard. But, that it's Malone's thing is always play hard, make them feel us. I want to see effort. You know, and when the Nuggets give that, they do pretty well, especially in the regular season. But now that their first actions are being, you know, slowed down, what else have you got? And the answer is not a lot. Not a bunch, they, yeah. they, they are not showing any ability to adapt to wrinkles. And Quinn Snyder, like you said, I think he's coaching circles around Malone, uh, just by hiding his own weaknesses. You know, he is able to to take his team and do what they do best. And the Nuggets are not able to slow them down. Right. And when he finds a weakness, he just keeps hammering at it. And the Nuggets have no response to that pick and roll coming at them.
2: Right. And when you think about it, when you think about, like, Utah in terms of, like, what are they struggling with right now? Like, what what are they not nothing. doing? With? Like, yeah, there's nothing. Like, there's nothing to point to. Like, the Nuggets— They
1: struggle to contain Jamal Murray. Yeah, they
2: struggle to contain Jamal Murray when he's going out of his—like, when he's shooting out of his mind and is— Correct. Um, —hitting everything that he knocks down and is in that moment that just Jamal can get into. Like, sure, but, like— Um, But
1: you can't ask him to do that for three more games. Like, that's that's again, that's not sustainable.
2: And it didn't even win them the game tonight. Like, you you need more than that. Like, yeah, to me, when I look at this, it's like, man, there's nothing that I can point to the jazz. Like, ah, there's the weakness that we need to exploit right now. Like, they've been Snyder's had. I mean, every every step of the way, he's had the answer for whatever the Nuggets um, Have thrown at whether it was like, hey, I'm going to throw Royce O'Neill on Jamal Murray because he killed me in game one and that's going to slow him down. Whether it's like, hey, yep. um, they switched from going from the drop to the blitz and so now I'm going to just distribute this to all my different shooters and uh, I'm going to let Joe Ingles get some more ball handling then and work M- Mitchell um, – off ball and and then I've got this great moment where I can have angles get matched up on Murray when he's got ball in his or not Murray with uh, Porter with the ball in his hands and so I can yep uh, just exploit yeah, that. They from did that. These angles
1: as the point forward for a while, you know, in order to come, create more difficulties for MPJ who's not used to being an on ball defender.
2: Right, game three it was I'm going to get the ball down to to Gobert yep. because they're letting him. They're 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 basically you know leaving Gobert to try and stop Mitchell and so. Um, we're we'll just getting to him every single time under the basket for a freaking dunk, you know a dunk. And I'm sure yelled and one because that's what Rudy Gobert does after every fucking bucket. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that guy grinds my gears, man.
1: Like I can't.
2: Ah, oh, I wish he would just shut up. But um, but he's got every reason to gloat right now. Like the Nuggets.
1: Well, that's my thing. This is going to be another have a nice summer, you know, for the Nuggets, and it's very annoying to me. It's very it's annoying to me because when i talked at the trade deadline and i was confused about why the nuggets would trade their only like guard three point shooter you know yeah. to the to the timberwolves for a pick and it was like well he's not going to come back next year anyway and he's not going to get playing time with a healthy team and i'm like but you kept him instead of trading him in the offseason right you kept him because you wanted the You know, the fallback position. You wanted to make sure that in this playoffs, you had what you needed. Yeah. And they don't have it now. And they don't have it now because they decided, now, never mind, we're actually going to cash that in for guys who are not going to play for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Keita made the up is not getting off the bench. Uh, Noah Vano is not getting off the bench. Like, these are not guys. And, again, it freed up some playing time for MPJ, in theory. You know, maybe you wouldn't be seeing this stuff for MPJ because he never would have gotten the opportunity because Beasley would have been here. Yeah. Like, that's entirely legitimate. uh, But that's also still an indictment. Because now that you've seen MPJ play, and you know he was doing that in practice, why were you not putting him in games to get him ready for the playoffs? How have these guys not played? Why is every game more important than the war? Like, if the war is to win a title, and you're telling me, well, I have to win this back-to-back in Utah first, you know, I don't... I guess what confuses me is... The prioritization of right now over how are we going to be better than last year? Because the Nuggets are not better than last year. And yes, they're missing Harris and they're missing Barton. I get that. And that if Harris and Barton were both fully healthy, the Nuggets would be playing a completely yeah. different series. Barton heard. Because I mean, the they Jazz would have hurt. no answer for Barton, and they would right. and Harris would be slowing down right. some of the Jazz penetration. Barton's
2: your your consistent third scoring option and, and Correct.
1: And, and he's your bench scorer right. too. You can you can bring him in with the bench. He can, you know uh he's your transition bucket guy. Like, you've got all sorts of other options with Barton and Harris out there. Absolutely. I totally understand that.
2: But it's just—I uh, mean, you don't have them, so you got to try and figure it out. Otherwise, and it, it, what, what concerns me is—is that is the Nuggets are going to end up losing this series, um, in in quick fashion. Maybe they win, you know, maybe they get what I would consider the true gentleman sweep. That we're we're on the path for a true gentleman sweep right now, which is you let that team win the first game, get their fans excited, then you crush their souls for three straight games, and you're like, all right, we'll let you get one more, we'll let you win Game right. Five. And then you uh and then you you lose them in game six. It's what the Warriors did to uh, the Nuggets. It's what the Jazz did to the Nuggets in two thousand ten. Yep. Like it's Yep. It feels like that's very much the path that this is going down. I
1: agree. That's that's pretty much what I feel like it's gonna be Jazz and Saints. No, I do wonder
2: if if you know, obviously a three one series lead is, is is close to a lock as a 3-0 series lead, right? Or, or
1: Yeah, like but again, is bubbles. A Th-
2: that's what I'm saying. I do wonder because of the bubble because there's no home and away here to There to is navigate. no home. Like, it's just and there's no games. pressure in
1: front of fans and you don't have to travel to Utah and you're not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just another game. And so can Denver come out and pull out three straight just another games? Yeah, they can.
2: Yeah, but there's little like reason to think to... that they're going to.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I, could they? Yes. Have they given me any reason in this series to believe that they will? No. Because the only times that they've won, they've had superhuman efforts, you know, mm-hmm. from Murray or Jokic or both. Right. Like, that's it. They haven't beaten the Jazz at at anything in particular, other than in one game they had their stars do better than the Jazz stars.
2: Yep, for sure. And I mean, that was even the, kind of the case in the, in the game during the seeding period as well. Um I think I think and this is I guess kinda of how we'll close it out here, but when I look at this series now, um I actually come to, believe it or not, uh playoff inexperience. And and the the point that I would make is that yes, the Nuggets have been they were in the playoffs last year. They they played two seven game series. It certainly feels like a team what you've got one team who's getting in who's doing now their second playoff uh second round of playoffs as a core and kind of just took for granted that they would be able to win a first round series and then, all right, right. We'll be on versus a team who's now gone to the playoffs with this core four years straight, did the same yep. thing their first year, won that first series, but then got their, they basically got their asses. Got
1: two years yeah. in a row by
2: the Houston Rockets. Yep. And they're now like, Hey, we've got a chance here. So I would as much not be surprised to see them just come in, and and put the nail in the coffin and shut the door on the nuggets um in game five as well. So but that that I think is what it really comes down to more than anything is you've got one team who is who was who prepared and, and mentally. One team and was prepared, and, man.
1: And and one, one team, team was not. one team knew what was at stake. Right. One team, you know, got themselves together. This is after the dysfunction of Rudy Gobert, like, you know, mm-hmm. potentially infecting other people. You know what I mean? Like after
2: you knew that, that Bogdanovich was gonna be out for for the whole season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, he had the surgery. You know, you had some, you know, some obstacles in Utah to overcome, and they had their leadership get together and overcome it, and they had their coaches, like, take the steps that are necessary to ensure that even though things have changed for us, we can make that work. We can go back to some things that we tried before. We have other options, you know, with Joe Ingles at point forward for a game and, you know, just changing some things up that the Nuggets have not tried or have not had the ability to do. You know, the Nuggets added in um, Jeremy Grant this year, and he's not an option. He is the guy that does the other stuff. Right. He's a dirty work guy. Yeah, yeah
2: and he's great at that, you know, and he's one of the best – I mean, he fits yes. – he's, he's perfect for that role for the Nuggets, and I, I love him in that role. But yeah, right now we're talking about Jeremy Grant being your third, your third scorer, and that's not –
1: that's that, not, that's not his gig. That's not what he should be expected to do. And the Nuggets never planned for him to do that, so they never used him that way during the season. Right. You know, they never used MPJ as their third scorer during the season. Right. And so now, when he needs to do it, where are you at? What have you done to prepare him for these minutes? You know, and the hope was that, that all those minutes he was getting were to prepare him, but they weren't because you didn't play any defense and you didn't prep him for. The role that he should be in, which is bench heat check, you know, um, you know, just shoot it up Jordan, Jordan Clarkson style. Right, yeah, like that's what he should be doing. Uh, but he's not prepped for that, uh, and it just it just feels like one team had their eye on the prize and one team just talked about it. Yep,
2: and now and now they're suddenly back against the wall and it's probably going to be. They got to they got late.
1: stuff to figure out for next yeah. game. Any other games that might come after that. And for how they're going to approach the offseason. This this series is laying bare that the Nuggets got lucky last year and not that they were good. Right.
2: Yep. I would agree 100%. All right. Well, with that, we are going to go ahead and um, we will call it a show. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm, Zach Mie- Ach, I'm at Zach Mekosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Make sure you're following at Denver Stiffs as well. We're over on Instagram at The Denver Stiffs. Also on Facebook and YouTube, make sure you're subscribed or following there. And also subscribe to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. That is where you will find the Pickaxe Podcast. Nuggets, numbers, the dig, those guys have been back. Uh, the Denver Stiff show as well, all available to you right in your feed as soon as those shows come out live. But you gotta be subscribed to the Denver Stiffs podcast, not net, God, I can't even talk. Denver Stiffs podcast network, um, not any, you won't find any of the individual shows if you're looking for that. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast network in general and you will then get all the shows, like I said, as soon as they come out. Uh, Mr. Gross, appreciate you commiserating with me here. And-
1: Happy to be here. It's you know, again, it's nothing that Nuggets fans are are not expecting. This is the problem. This is, is, is Nuggets Nug life. life. <laughs> like Nuggets life is losing in the first round and being really mad that your good regular season team sucks in the playoffs. That is it. Like this has been, you know, the Nuggets play differently now than they did in the past, but this remains the same. So yeah, uh, I'm here to to share old moments and new with you. <laughs>
2: Excellent. Well, maybe hopefully next week we're talking about a great series comeback. I won't cross my fingers. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week.